Welcome to the Adventure Life Podcast, where we are finding adventure in the God of every day. And now your host, Will Ratcliffe. Hey everyone, welcome to the Adventure Life Podcast. I'm Will Ratliff, and it, man, it's been a good week. It's been a really good week, but very full. There's been a lot going on, just my own life personally, but also work and just some good stuff going on this week. It's been a very emotional week, but again, it's it's been good. A couple things that happened this week. Uh, I work with and, and I help coordinate an anti-racism team at the college where I work, and we were able to work with uh, the authors of The Language of Healing for a Polarized Nation, which are Wayne Jacobson, Bob Prater, Arnita Willis-Taylor. Two of the three actually have been on the podcast. You've heard from them, or if you haven't, I would go back and encourage you to listen to those episodes. And then I was able to meet Bob Prater this week. Fantastic guy. Uh, I've met Wayne before. Uh, several times he's been actually he's been here uh, helping me lead a men's retreat a few years ago was able to meet Arnita Willis Taylor in person fantastic lady just dynamic and really enjoyed spending time with them at the college we're able to go out to dinner on Friday night and just man just just have a good time and so and then Wayne Jacobson stayed over on Saturday and some of you maybe listening to this podcast got to get together with us and we had a brunch Saturday morning and then time at a park, just a picnic on Saturday evening. And we're just able to hang out with him in between and had some good conversations. We're just able to talk life and um, just had a prayer time over my daughter. My daughter's been dealing with some anxiety this year and, you know, we just had a really good prayer time over over her and so yeah that was kind of and that was all in the in the span of just a couple of days and then so you know I've been reading this book and I wanted to I wanted to share some things from this book that I've been reading it's by a guy named Walter Brueggemann I've, I've mentioned it before but it's called The Prophetic Imagination and it's it's not you know it's not your normal book I don't know, I don't know if there is a normal book about prophecy but it's really not, you know, it's not about how to prophesy or any, you know, anything like that. But it's it's more about, and it's more about really drawing parallels between prophets of old, prophets of the Old Testament, and what a prophet's supposed to look like today. And he does it in some unique ways because it's not about it's not about foretelling the future. It's not, you know, about proclaiming something over someone, but it's really a, you know, the couple of things that, that I've taken away from it, it's, it's about really calling people into this newness. So out of this old way of thinking and really into a new way of thinking and doing. And so it's, it's really kind of blowing my mind and I haven't even gotten through I don't even think I'm on, I think I'm not even into chapter four. I've only gotten through the majority of three chapters. And he taught, you know, talks about the, the role of a prophet is a couple of things, twofold. 
one of those is really you know criticizing kind of this old consciousness really the old way of thinking and to energize people into into a new reality into a new new way of thinking a new way of of doing and it, you know it's interesting because I've never I've never really seen myself as a prophet and I think mostly because when I think of of prophecy you know I think of words of encouragement or you know words of knowledge where you know a word of encouragement would just be hey I've got I've got a word for you it's to encourage you and I, I've done that before for people um, I've also had what I think is a word of knowledge um, once probably that I can remember but I just don't you know I don't walk in that that often now actually when I was talking with Bob this week he sounds like he walks in that quite often and so or just you know knowing something about someone or just getting this sense that hey this is you know that God is speaking to him about someone else and you know for me it's just not you know I believe in those things I believe they still exist I believe God can use us to speak into other people's life I can you know I believe that God can give us knowledge about someone else without anyone saying anything. It just hasn't been my experience for, or, you know, I haven't had that much experience in that. But as I'm, you know, as I'm reading through this book, I just have the sense that God is calling me to this kind of prophecy or being this kind of prophet. And it's, it's a little scary and it's a little, you know, I'm a little unsure. It's one of those things too. It's where you kind of have a sense, I don't know if this has happened to you, you kind of have a sense that, you know, God is speaking to me. I really have, I really feel like God is speaking to me through this book. And I, and I feel like there are so many parallels to what's going on right now in, in a variety of settings. And one, with all the racial tension that's going on, you know, I feel like there are some people that are calling us out of what has been Right, a national numbness, really, to this, you know, to to a lot of these uh, racial issues. And one of the things that in the book, so as you know, as a people, that he talks about that really the empire and the prophet, and the empire, is, you know, he refers to Solomon's empire. Solomon, you know, built up this massive empire. He had wealth. He had land. He had servants, he had, you know, concubines and wives and all of this stuff. And it, and he and the author describes how, you know, he built all of this stuff and had so much wealth. He had, you know, again, and also some wisdom. He was known for his wisdom. But it, it lulled him into this complacency, and he describes it as, you know, he, lull, he it lulled him into this, just a numbness, where you're just kind of going with the flow and you know, you're not really engaging with God or anything new. And that's where the prophet comes in to criticize, hey, you know, that this is, you know, this isn't right. You're you're just being lulled into this and just going through the motions. But then also there's this aspect of energizing people to this new way of living, to calling them into the hope and the freedom that God has. And so that's, you know, that's, 
one parallel that I see is that there are there are certain avenues, there are certain things that we need to be called into when it comes to God's freedom, when it comes to just a newness, a new way to do something, a new way to look at something, a new perspective. So for me, there's there's a couple of things. One, I see the empire as really a national empire in in America that we've been we've been lulled into this numbness of just going through the motions. Whether that's you know whether that's politically, whether that's culturally, there's just a lot of a lot of things that I see that we're just going through the motions, and we need some we need some voices. Some people, you know, that see those things, and I know there are, and, and I've, you know, I've heard from some of them, but we need some people to, to call out what's wrong. We need people to call out injustice or, you know, something that's like, that is, you know, that's not right. And we need to, and we need to energize people into a new way of thinking about, again, whether it's social justice, whether it's racial justice, and the other empire I see is really the Western, the Western Church, and how and religion, and how that has also lulled us into this sense of complacency, where it's for the majority of people, there's no life in going to church. There is no, you know, there's no life in in their faith. It's just a ritual. It's just going through the motions. So they, you know, go throughout their week. They get up on Sunday morning. They go to church, sing a few th- few songs, listen to a sermon, and then go home. And it doesn't impact their life at all during the week. There's no change in in their life. There's no change in their family. There's no change in their marriage. And to me that is like one of the most tragic things that i that i can imagine is that you do you know you just go through the motions you do this thing because you're op, you know you should do it or you're obligated or you feel bad if you don't or or whatever but you're going through the motions and you're spending all this time you know i remember growing up we spent you know i was there at our you know our congregation Sunday morning Sunday evening Wednesday night you know is there typically three nights a week and you know you have all these people you know you're spending all this time all these people are spending all of this time and it it doesn't transform anything you know it's just it's just making people busy or you know something to do and I'm not talking about everybody. So I know there's people that are impacted by this. They do get transformed. But for the majority, and I've, you know, I've been on staff at a couple of different churches, one here, one in Phoenix. And, you know, if you if you look at most people's lives though, there's no impact on the day to day. You know, there's there's still the same. There's still the you know, there's still the same struggles, there's still the same attitudes. Um, and 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 whatnot, but but this is something you know. I if if I view myself as a prophet like this, which again it it's scary, it's a little unnerving, 
but at the same time, I really feel this that you know that I there's there's something there, and you know, and I think that's that's one one way to tell when God is speaking to you and calling you to something. And Wayne and I were were talking about it this weekend when he was here, and he was just asked, you know, he was just asking me, hey, you know, what's on your heart? What are you thinking? What's what's God doing? So I I began to talk about this a little bit, and as I was talking, I got emotional. I was I was driving, and we were going, we we're heading to the brunch, and, you know, visiting about it, and saying, hey, you know, I think God may be calling me to this, and, and I just start crying, and I don't, you know, I don't know where the tears came from. Or where that emotion came from, but it was, I think, part, not part f- fear, but like, man, it was, you know, this is a scary place. But it's also something that I really believe in. And it's something that is meaningful to me. When, when, when I'm talking about calling people to a new way to live, you know, calling them into this adventure life where I, I feel like God's inviting us into, and God's inviting all of us into this, you know, and I use the term adventure life, you know, it doesn't matter what you, you call it, you know, the life of faith, the journey, whatever. I do adventure life just because I think it's, it is, it's, you know, this, this adventure that he calls us into. And so Wayne and I are talking about this. I, I just start, I break down and it's just almost like, whoa, what? where in the world did that come from? I don't even know. And just Wayne just like, Oh, he's like, so this, you know, this, this means something to you. And I'm like, yeah. And I didn't even really realize it until I started verbalizing it out loud with, with someone else. And so then, you know, we didn't have a ton of time to talk because we had to get to this, this brunch that we were doing, but I've been thinking about it ever since then just this call. And one of the things in this book that Walter Brueggemann talks about is that it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not the prophet where you're standing up on a platform or you're standing on a stage or, you know, you're out in front of a ton of people. The kind of thing that he's talking about too is, and this happens in your marriage, this happens in your home and it, and that's where it begins. And so you know, if you're listening to me talking about being a prophet and you're going like, no way, there's no way I can do that. Well, I'm not, I'm not talking, you know, I'm not talking about you starting your own podcast. I'm not talking about you getting up on a stage or getting in front of a crowd of people and calling them to, to this new way of living. But we can all be prophets. We can all challenge the empire just in, in our homes and at work and, you know, just by the way that we live instead of going along and, you know, what everyone else thinks or what everyone else is doing, we can begin really to resist those things. You know, it's kind of like that, like group think. Everyone kind of thinks the same, except there's going to be some people that know, yeah, that's not the way that that's going to that's going to go. And that's not the way I'm thinking. I'm thinking something differently and I'm thinking something that's not like what everyone else is thinking. And that can be a lonely place. But I want to, you know, I want to tell you if you're at that place, if if you're 
beginning to think a little bit differently than everyone else around you or than other, you know, maybe not everyone, but you're like, there's a lot of people that are going this way or thinking this and I, and I am thinking something else. Maybe, you know, like I said, you know, for, for those that attend a Sunday morning service, not necessarily anything wrong with that, but maybe you're thinking something different. I want to go in a different direction. I feel like God's calling me out of that, or I feel like God's calling me to this space over here. And it's risky, and it's scary, and it's not, not the norm or not what most people are doing. I would encourage you to do that, to go for it. See where it leads. Continually check in with, you know, with God. Ask some other people around you. I'm happy to be a resource. You can always email me, will at adventurelifeministries.com. I really want to know what you're thinking, honestly. And if if it's just me, I'm fine with that. You know, because if you look at the prophets in the Old Testament, that's a pretty lonely job. But I know there are others out there because I know there's people like Wayne. There's people like Bob Prater that I met. There's people like Arnita that are speaking out against the norm, that are speaking out, they're being, and we, you know, we talked about this before, being disruptive and being disruptors. And that's part of what it is I, to, to be this kind of a prophet is to disrupt the status quo. It's to disrupt what most people are doing, where most people are going, being willing to step out and go somewhere different and go somewhere new. And, and a lot of this isn't necessarily new from eternity, but it's new, it's new to us. And it's a new direction that, that we're going to, that we're going to be going in. So one of the things too, and I'm trying to find, um, a quote and I, man, gosh, it's so, this, this stuff is so good. Um, So let me, let me read this real fast. It says, A community rooted in energizing memories and summoned by radical hopes is a curiosity and a threat in such a culture. It's talking really about this empire. It also says this, The contemporary American church is so largely enculturated to the American ethos of consumerism that it has little power to believe or to act. So this, God, this and this was written like 40 years ago. So he's talking about, you know, way back when, like way back in the 70s, the late 70s, that we were already heading towards a consumeristic church culture. And it is, and it, it hasn't gotten any better. In fact, it's probably gotten worse. So let me read that. A community rooted in energizing memories and summoned by radical hopes is a curiosity and a threat in such a culture. And that culture he's talking about is that empire. And he also goes on to say, like, we, li- we live unauthorized lives of, of faith and practice unauthorized ministries. I'm just thinking, <laughs> just that phrase, living unauthorized lives of faith. Just let that sink in. And, and, you know, I'm not going to tell you what I think it means right now, but what, what do you think that means? Unauthorized lives of faith boils down to. So let me just read you this one last quote, leave you with one last thought. 
and we may talk about this more next week, but in the book, Walter also says, the task of prophetic ministry is to nurture, nourish, and evoke a consciousness and perception alternative to the consciousness and perception of the dominant culture around us. That's that newness that I was talking about. Thus, I suggest that prophetic ministry has to do not primarily primarily with addressing specific public crises, individual crises, but with addressing in-season and out-of-season the dominant crisis that is enduring and resilient of having our alternative vocation co-opted and domesticated. So basically he's talking about our vocation. Our vocation is one of faith. It's been co-opted. It's been domesticated. And when I think of that word domesticated, I think... We've been lulled into this niceness of our faith. Uh, being kind is okay, but, you know, a lot of times we're just, we're almost too nice because we don't say anything, we don't do anything to, to rock the boat or, or to go against the status quo, that we don't like conflict. And, you know, there's a time when we need to stand up, we need to step out, and we've become such consumers of religion that we've lost the capacity to even believe or to really act on the things that we believe in and the things that are that are right you know regardless of individual beliefs so as we wrap up today i just encourage you if, if this is something that's just stirring in your heart that you're listening to this and you're there's just something kind of welling up or rising up in you Father's doing a work in you, or maybe he's already done it and is calling you to really step out against the status quo, against the empire consciousness, we'll call it, and begin to call other people into something new, whether it's your family or whether it's friends or whether it's coworkers. Then I would just challenge you to press in and just keep asking Father, okay, what is it? What do you have for me? How can, I be, how can I be obedient and follow you, follow those nudges that you have for me and that you're laying on my heart? And then just step back and listen. What is he saying? Where is he nudging you? And follow those nudges. You may get it wrong. You may get it right. Again, I'd love to hear from you if this is something that's on your heart as well because it's always nice to have someone kind of go along that journey together or at least encourage you in the journey. may not be side by side, but at least you'll know that you're not alone. So until next week, my friends, challenge the empire and have a blessed week.